Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. And with me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What is up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. Not much. I feel it's been so long since uh we we've we've done this, you know. See, see you say that, but I recorded three episodes last week by myself. <laughs> I, so it it's payback, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, last week's episode was cursed. The tech gods did not want it released. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was like it was just a nightmare. I mean, I I think I even was talked about it in the episode at the very end when I did my own little monologue since no one else was with me. <laughs> but uh yeah, we, we recorded with Tom Hep. We had an awesome episode, I felt like it was really fun. Uh Tom's always great to have on. And uh, Skype recorder broke, and then Tom wasn't recording his end of the audio because he didn't have a way to record. So, long story short, we had to, to junk the episode, and you weren't available Tuesday. Um, mm. So, actually, Rich Spoonholtz was nice enough to come on. Rich is the guy who we've been um, working with him to uh, to do some fundraising for his son Wesley uh, for the the bulk charity job we're doing. Also, the fundraisers on the Facebook page uh, for for Children's Organ Transplant Association. Um, so anyway, I got a chance to talk to Rich and just kind of find out first of all, you know, his background in magic, and then also like some some, some stuff about his son and whatnot. And uh, it went really well. And then I went to edit the episode, and then my audio was totally screwed. Uh, so I had to re-record my end of the audio, which was like logistically a bit of a nightmare. Thankfully, it was only a half-hour episode, so it wasn't too bad. But it probably took me a few hours of editing just to get it all to work. So, so you had a you had a conversation with yourself listening to a previous was, conversation. Listen, listen, it was weird to have to fill in my own laughs and make them sound make them genuine. Sound, yeah, because like when I laughed when he originally said something, I can't like just have silence on my end. He's like ripping jokes and just like dead silence. I'm like. I have to put the laughs in. I just need to, like a laugh track or something. I don't know. It was it was a nightmare. Um, as always, I will bitch about it on air. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was awesome to have to have Rich on. It was great to have Tom on too. Um, but we will have Tom on again soon. I'm sure. I don't know. Every time we record with Tom, it's cursed. It really is. It really is. I think it's like it's like. I think we've angered the magic gods because I needled my own polluted deltas. Yeah, it's probably of something course. like that. Of course. <laughs> um, we are still doing, of course, the charity drive, like I mentioned. Um, if you want to support it, you can either visit the link in the show notes, Coda for Wesley B, or uh, you can check out the Facebook page. There's lots of uh, auctions going on there. One's for a really sweet uh, Leaving a Legacy leather playmat made by and, the old gods, uh, Eric Dupuis. Uh, it's really awesome. Um, and by, we also, and by have, auction, you mean raffle. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Did I say auction? Yeah, it is a raffle. Yeah, sorry. My, my mistake. Uh, it is a raffle. Um, we've actually raised almost $500 um, th- through the raffles alone, which is which is great. I love to hear that. Um, so, And we actually yeah. still have a few really cool items coming up. Jerry, what else Ooh, do we have we coming do. up for the raffles? Uh, so uh, Michael Ames was really nice, and he sent me a Savannah and a Chalice of the Void oh, to be raffled amazing. off. Uh, and also, uh, our friend Nan- uh, Nanchicket is going, uh, sent us a, 
uh, Dom- booster box of Dominaria. So we got that to raffle off to. That's great. That's so awesome. I, it, we've just had such a great, um, uh, just such great support from the community for this raffle. It, it's so so great to see everyone uh, coming together and and supporting this really awesome cause. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh yeah, like we said, up to almost five hundred dollars from the raffle and the uh the leather playmat is still going on. It's gonna be going on for about uh so this episode comes out Friday. That raffle is gonna wrap up on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a s I'm i I'm sad I can't get in on this. This I know. is a sweet thing. <laughs> but yeah, Eric Yeah, Eric was super nice. Uh his new company, Old Gods, put this together for us and it's like custom made, genuine leather uh playmat with the leaving a legacy logo on it. It looks sweet. And it was like laser burned into the leather. He sent us a picture of like the it almost oh, yeah, looked the, like a CNC machine running back and forth in this leather, and it was like, oh, I can just smell the tan cowhide. It looks so great. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm pumped for it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Is he also doing deck boxes and stuff, or what's he? Yeah, it's a it's a new company, uh, Old Gods. I try. I asked him for a website. I don't know if they have a website live yet, but uh, he is in the Facebook group uh, making custom magic accessories. So yeah, if you like his work, definitely check it out because he's he's a good guy and uh, you know has some really quality stuff. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so we'll you'll, we'll have some more uh, raffles going up and whatnot. So definitely keep a close eye on the Facebook page and uh, and and. Get into the uh, uh, raffles if you're into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plus, I mean, gambling. Who doesn't love gambling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, we uh, let's get right into it. We have an awesome guest this week, really amazing guest, the owner of our favorite LGS and the organizer, tournament organizer for the Leaving Legacy 2K, Michelle Cove. What's going on, Michelle? Hey, I'm freaking out, but hopefully I'll be okay. <laughs> just, just drink heavily like uh, everyone else who comes on the cast. <laughs> I have some, some whiskey next to me. Good. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, we got the 2K coming up, so figured a perfect time to have you on, Michelle, because we've been talking about having you on for forever because you are a storybook of magic knowledge. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess just tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Okay. Well, to start off, I just want to say if you guys want something else for the auction, I can give you something, I don't know, a Korean gate crash box or something like that. To oh, <laughs> that would um, be sweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you a little bit about the store first. So Gaming Etc. has an awesome legacy crowd. We play on Tuesday nights and Friday nights, and we have like the best group of customers. Everybody's really nice and respectful and fun. Um because we don't allow douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have like a really healthy group of people. You know, we get on a slow night like 16, on a good night like 30. Um, and they have a lot of fun. So I'm glad that we started doing Legacy a long time ago. Uh, so Gaming Etc. is an act in mass. We've been open for about four years. Before that, we were in Connecticut. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we were in Connecticut for like 10 years. And then I bought out uh, my partner, basically, because I've lived in Massachusetts the whole time. And I'm back. So uh, before that, I owned a store in Air Mass when I was young, out of college. And uh, my first job was working at a comic book store when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And I was around when Alpha came out. So I've been in this business for a long time. Can, can you tell me, like, so I've heard other people talk about the first time magic like when when magic first came out and sort of the way that alpha was received in their stores do you have like a recollection of like your the first time you were like someone asked you about the game or did you find out about the game first and and then showed people how did that work uh i remember 
just this random game that we had on the counter and people didn't care at all or were like clamoring to get it. Um, and I remember when Legends came out, it never even made it to our shelves. We had comic subscribers who pre-ordered it and we put it in like their folder like yep. where they got their comic books. So um, it was crazy in the beginning. Like I'd go wait in line at my distributor a couple times a week. At like 6 a.m. for the doors to open to get like the one booster box. Wow. Um, Jeez. <laughs> wait, wait. So so stores, there's a there's basically a store for stores. Because I feel a lot of people don't even understand how like the distribution process of magic works. So there's actually like a physical place you show up to and all the other stores show up to to pick up your product. There, or it was at least back in the day. Yeah, there was for a really long time. There were two in Massachusetts. Um when Magic first came out, there was like a distributor for New England, I don't remember where it was, that shipped it. And then when, by the time Revised came out, you literally stood in line. There was um, two places, and they happened to both be in Woburn. One place was owned by a cousin, like a guy and a cousin, and I swear to God, they were mobbed up. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Like laundering so, money through magic since oh, the yeah. very beginning. <laughs> like so bad that the cousin got mad at the his his cousin, the younger cousin, and he the guy showed up to open the you know, the warehouse one day and they had come in in the middle of the night and just emptied everything. What? So he just shows up and there's nothing left. I just picture like like the big like metal garage doors just opening up and it's just bare shelves with like maybe an empty cardboard box turned over in the yeah, corner. Basically. <laughs> so uh, so go yeah, go ahead. So now the way it works is there are I think it's seven distributors in the US and uh Watsi and Watsi lets you order a very small amount every week, and then you just place your orders month in advance, months in advance, and then do reorders um, for product. So, I mean, now, like, if it's readily available, uh, like everything before Dominaria, you could mm -hmm. just say, I want this, and they ship it to you. But, so mm -hmm. it's much easier now than it was back in the day. Hmm. Hmm. And I feel it, this comes up from time to time. It leaks over into the MTG finance world about like, di yeah, I know, <laughs> one of your favorite Audible topics, grow. I know. <laughs> but just like the availability of products, like how, how much of that is just like internet hype and how much of that is real? Like, do you feel that there's uh, like a lack of product, a glut of product, you know, from this, you know, you have a really unique perspective as um, a major, you know, store owner in, in the New England area. You know, how, what is it from your perspective? Is 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 the internet, you know, lying? <laughs> okay, so until Dominaria, um, product was everywhere. So, like, at any point in time in the last few sets, I could call and order a pallet and have it shipped to me. Mm -hmm. So, it is... So, Commander last year was incredibly hard to get. If you pre-ordered, you got basically your pre-orders. Um, but it it was gone. Like they said, we're doing one print run, that's it. But they don't tell you that until after your order. Oh, by the way, that was it. Uh, um, they did one more small print run, but it was very small. Um, but things like, and then Dominaria, there was such a glut of product in the market that we started lowering our orders. Distributors started lowering our orders. Watsi started lowering um, what they printed. And then for the first time in quite a while, they had a set that was decent. 
So there was, it was hard to get product. We never ran out. We could get it, you know, if we needed it, but a lot of stores didn't have it. So the internet is partly true and partly full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You could get like a weekly allocation most of the time, um, which is enough to run drafts and stuff. But if you're a little store, the other thing is the bigger you are, um, the more access you have to product. I mean, that, you know, just like a lot of other things, that's the way it works. If I'm spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more a year than you are, I'm going to get more product than you are. Mm. Which, right or wrong, they want to keep the big guys, you know? I mean, there's guys way bigger than me, don't get me wrong, but um, that's pretty much how it runs. Hmm. Okay, nice. So, I mean, that that's a lot for, like, standard stuff, but how about kind of the, the juicier products that the legacy players kind of look for? Uh, what about, like, uh, Eternal Masters or even, like, out-of-print stuff? Like, how, how does one come across a booster box of beta? Uh, you call a guy named Jim Brusso. Oh, okay. There's one guy. <laughs> is, is that Jim in Florida? Uh, no, Jim Brusso oh, okay. is in Kentucky. Oh, and okay. he is... Hilarious because he is the original dealer, basically. Um, actually, met Jim at Pro Tour Atlanta '96 because there were two people in the room running around like crazy trading with everybody, and then we ran into each other, and it was like, "Hey, I'm doing that. No, I'm doing that." And uh, it turns like so he, you know, he was just running around the room. What do you need? What do you need? Getting it for people, making money. Same thing I was doing, and. Uh, <laughs> He just kept going and going and became huge. He he was he ran Troll and Toad at one point, um, and now he has. I'm going to get his website wrong. It's like Graded Magic or Graded GradedPower.com. He runs that site now, um, but he has more product than anybody. I mean, he just <laughs> than <has> Watsy <laughs> huge amounts. That's a misnomer. Like people think that Watsy are hiding stuff. They're not mm-hmm. because whenever Watsy wants stuff for tournaments, they have to go buy it from other dealers. They don't. Uh, don't make don't make me break out my uh, tinfoil roll and uh, start making hats, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> yeah, they they have nothing. You know, like they don't when they do the tournaments where they're like, okay, we're gonna give away legends or we found, you know have a box of beta. They literally bought it, whether they bought it from um, you know one of the big guys or whatever. Uh, it, that was all bought um but so So, old product you're basically hoping that either someone comes in to sell stuff or um (laughs) there's a very large amount right now it's just dealer to dealer right the prices Mm -hmm. are going up and people are just buying it back and forth um so i don't know is it hard to get sure but i would say it's more ridiculously overpriced so if you're willing to pay for it you can get find what you want you know um, old booster boxes, it's the same thing. You have to, you know, so there are people who have old booster boxes. I need a box from my shelf of Exodus. I message one of them, you know, and I'm like, okay, what are you going to charge me? I need this box. Um, you can't basically, you can't really go get them from distributors. You know, you just have to know somebody or buy it the way other people buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So even even store when you're on the store level, there is still a secondary market. Um, you know, it, it is kind of this whole other level of community that I feel is kind of behind, not in the shadows, but definitely behind the curtain from the majority of the Magic player base that just don't know that this exists. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. 
So Jerry said you've been going to like basically every pro tour that that has occurred. Is that true, or you've been to like all the early ones at least? Or um, so as a vendor, as a dealer, I did the pro tour for uh, I think fourteen years, and then they changed wow. things. So there were two years that I didn't do them, and now I'm back doing them again. Very Wait, cool. Yeah. Did you go to the pro tour that was on a boat? <laughs> I did go to one of the boat events, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was fun. There, and um, I actually have missed some of the events over the years that had a lot of drama. Um, but I was in London during the bombing. Uh, no way. Oh, wait, really? I've never... There's been, like, pro tour events during, like, like geopolitical crises uh, and yeah. things like that? Yep. Oh, I, tell us about that. I had no idea. So when the bombing happened and it shut down, shut down the subways and the buses and people were landing on the planes and it was like 17 miles, I think, from the event site, there were judges who walked. They just kept walking until they got to the event site. Wow. Um, I came in the day before, so it was okay. And I remember it happened and it was the same day they had announced the finalists for the Olympics. And I had some friends from London and they were all like, Oh, this happens. We're being bombed because we're finalists. And I'm like, what? This is insanity. And he's like, yeah, you know, people get mad. But they all grew up, you know, with everything going on between London or England and Ireland. And Oh, yeah, the IRA and just like Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Yeah, yeah so, so <laughs> people bombed and they were like, well, I don't know. It's fine, you know. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. And then by the end of the day, they knew it was going on. So people were stuck at the event site. You couldn't leave the, like, small area um, that it was in. So they did, like, 24-hour free drafts and just trying to make people happy because they were stuck there. Um, so that was one. There was an event, I think it was Valencia, that the whole convention center flooded. Like to the point where it was like feet of water. That's a nightmare. Like, can you? <laughs> yeah. Just hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of just easily damaged cardboard. <laughs> yep. So they had to wait. I think they waited two days to start the pro tour and then they like condensed it as short as possible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's been a randomly a bunch of things that have gone wrong over the years at pro tours, but it's kind of amazing. It hasn't been more, I guess. Um, so yeah, now, I mean, the pro tours, they're pretty small and they don't have, I mean, they used to have tournaments and like a thousand people would show up that weren't in the yeah, pro tour used, to hang out. Yeah. I remember they used to be more like GPs, whereas now it seems like they're a much more private event. Yeah. They, I shouldn't say this. The employees got lazy. They didn't want to do all the work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they also, I mean, they get to rent a much hall smaller hall and they, um, they don't need as much staff. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's really the reason why, but so it's not as good for me, except I get to see all my friends because they all live over the, all over the country. And most of my friends live on the West coast. So I get really excited because I can go hang out with them for the week. So that's cool. Um, and then I get to yeah. like, <laughs> like there's a magic player that I can't stand from France. <laughs> and he'll send people over because I won't sell cards to him anymore. So he'll like try to send people over to buy them for him, except he'll like hide around the corner looking to see if I will. <laughs> and I'll be like, I see you and I know who your friends are. No. 
and they'll be like, come on, Michelle, you're the only one in the room who has them. And I'm like, yeah, he shouldn't have pissed me off 10 years ago. <laughs> Michelle holds a grudge. <laughs> Not if you apologize. Like many years ago, and Kibler was in my wedding, but many years ago we got into a big fight. And then a few years later he came up to me and he's like, Michelle, can we be friends again? We have all the same friends. We end up together around each other. Can we just make up? And I was like, yeah, I was mad at you. And then like you overheard and I had a three second decision to make. And one was, yeah, you asshole. Or no, I don't really care. I'm sorry. But I, but I went with that. Yeah, you asshole. So for like three years, we didn't talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Kib- Brian Kibler was a groomsman in your wedding. So I guess there is uh, there's always second chances. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was actually floored. So uh, you were gracious enough to invite me to your wedding, which I had a great time at. Um, but I had no idea. Uh, so you come out and you looked beautiful, of course. Oh, and then you. and then I see I look up. And I'm like, oh, that's Brian Kibler and Tom Martell. And like, I'm thinking like, oh, Patrick Chapin. And I'm just like, oh, it's like the Hall of Fame of magic. Like you literally know all of these people from just like every every corner of magic. It's crazy. The old guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new younger generation I don't know as well, but yeah. Yeah, it was good. Huey was in my wedding, and mm-hmm. it was yep. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I heard so what... Pat Chapin has some amazing dance moves. <laughs> he definitely does. Pat's a little crazy. Yeah. Patrick and I are very close. I love Patrick. I I almost fell out of my chair laughing because uh, Chumbawamba came on. <laughs> I get knocked down. And every time the chorus would say, I get knocked down, Patrick Chapin would fling himself on the ground. And he is a gangly dude. And just all his limbs going in every direction. And then he would like scamper back to his feet just to throw himself back on the ground again. I literally, I fell out of my chair laughing. Somebody <laughs> came up to me, and I don't remember who they were. And they were like, something's wrong with that guy. And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we call commitment to the bit you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god so yeah so what so how did how did you become friends with like this old guard of uh the magic pros like is it just you know you, if you get stuck in a in a room with someone for three days for uh, four times a year you just you end up being friends um so Kibler, uh, I mean, he's from New Hampshire, and we both were around, and I was actually playing back then. Um, I, I worked at the store, but I actually played in all the PTQs and everything, and he was, he's like, I think, five or six years younger than me, so he was like a young teenager, but, so we just knew each other, and then as we grew up, we were around each other a lot, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, you just become friends with people, or you go out to dinner, um, with some people and they introduce you to other people. And mm. it's interesting because I'm a very polarizing person. People either really <laughs> like me or they cannot stand me and think I'm awful. Um, and then some people will be like, I can't believe you're friends with her. She's such a bitch. And people will be like, well, what did you do? You clearly did something. Um, but like, you know, they respect me. I respect them. And they know how I am and they're, they're just like, well, you're, you know, you're great to be friends with. Like Patrick gave this really crazy speech at my wedding where he was like, if you need somebody to bury a body, Michelle's the first person you should call. (laughs) And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Uh, I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So way back in the day, uh, I played a lot and I had the worst nickname imaginable. 
No, now we have to know what the nickname is. So I yeah. top aided a lot of PTQs. I was famous for top aiding, and then they called me Choke Girl. Because uh. <laughs> I would get to the top eight, and I would panic and lose. Like, oh, every no. time. Um, uh. Like, one year at a, or one event at a sealed event, somebody played an Ovenomancer, and I could not figure out why they were playing an Ovenomancer, so I was like, they're going to kill me with something with an Ovenomancer. They're going to kill me, and I never did anything again. <laughs> I was just like, uh, okay, land, go. Land, go. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That, so, all right, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I played for a long time. I had fun. You know, not anymore. I don't um, I don't get to play much anymore, but it's okay. Yeah. When did you make the switch to kind of being more, I feel magic players have this moment where they decide, oh, I'm going to be a judge now more than a player, or oh, I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, a store owner instead of a player. You know, when, when did that kind of switch come for you? When I went to college. So I took uh, a little bit of time off between high school and college, and when I went to college, I played more casually and didn't go to tournaments anymore. And by the time I came back and was helping my friend out who had a store, I wanted to be involved and, you know, was still involved. And then I made one last run kind of at playing. And I was like, I am never going to be as good as I want to be. And it's not fun for me. You know, like going and realizing Mm. that you're always going to be tier two just wasn't fun for me. And I never, you know, all the people who taught me how to play and that I played with, none of them played for fun. So I never learned to play for fun. I never learned to have a good time. It was just win. So I ended up Mm -hmm. saying, well, I win by selling magic cards and I'm really good at, you know, I was really good at trading back then. You can't trade anymore because, you know, all the people look at their phones and are like, this is 829 and this is 750. So you have to add another card. That's not fun. <laughs> the the internet ruined the trade. Yeah. When I first started playing though, it was funny because I didn't play for a while. I just sold cards at first. And then I had a boyfriend who convinced me to play. <laughs> and I thought that attacking was really mean, so I only played Red Burn. <laughs> <laughs> so much nicer. <laughs> and then I had the secret tech, because I played I added four Badlands and a demonic tutor and a mind twist to my deck. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> good. You got him. Got him good. <laughs> so we have to talk about our tournament. I know. Uh, let's let's get into that. So we have it's coalescing. I feel I feel all the pieces are coming together. I, I feel good, guys. I have a very good feeling about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for the event. Um, I've always talked about how Etsy is one of my favorite stores to to go to. Just because, again, I, I've said it ad nauseum, but I'll say it again because it's worth repeating. Like, it's a very clean store, number one. Like, the ba- the bathrooms are clean, which is always nice. But it's also, like, it's not like Always the dump. first point Pat brings up. Yeah. Oh, my God. My <laughs> bathrooms were so important to me when I moved in there. They, um. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think – all right. I don't want to sound sexist, but I will say I feel like a lot of stores that are owned by men and operated by men – like they couldn't like the bathroom could be a hole in the floor and that's fine with them. 
You know what I'm saying? It was just it was nice to see. Before I even I've been in, in the store. I've been in an LGS before where in the bathroom the toilet just didn't even have a seat. It was just like the porcelain bowl. Yeah, and that is it. I've been in bathrooms <laughs> where like the seat, like the the bath, like the the toilet rocks back and forth because it only has one bolt on the floor, and you're just waiting to like bite it when you're taking a crap, and it's like just a bad experience. You know? Why are you that dude taking a crap at a tournament, Pat? Like, Come on. Listen, this was back when this was back when Miracles was a deck, Jerry, and tournaments went really long. Okay. <laughs> that's true all right i'll give you that i have i have scooped a game because i had to take a crap before <laughs> i'm just like you know what i can i can play through this and i have some outs but it's not worth it you got it man <laughs> sign the match slip go take a crap that's amazing <laughs> uh but it's true it's true bathrooms are important i think uh was a cube april did a. She did a uh, bracket of like the best villains of magic and uh, LGS bathrooms made uh, like top four. <laughs> That's so, funny. Uh, so, yes, the bathrooms are very clean. So good. <laughs> Sorry to break your thunder, Pat. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so we got we got the the tournament. I feel we're going to hit a 5K. I, I, I you know, we already got what, like 160 people interested at the very least. Yeah. Between like those confirmed going and those marked as interested. Um, so yeah, it's uh, guaranteed 2K. And then at 125 people, it hits a three and a half K. Yeah. So we were just, we were amazed at just kind of how big the store is. Like, how many, how many people do you think you could fit in the store for, for like, say you wanted to max out an event for some reason? Uh, we set up regional, SCG regionals last weekend uh and we were capping i think it they upped it to like 335 and we got 307 which is weird because the same exact number as last year um but the store itself with all of the back rooms is 15,000 square feet so it's massive i mean we could shove people all over the place if we needed to (laughs) (laughs) you're playing next to this boiler uh yeah that's that's sweet so what are what are kind of the challenges with running events this space we talked about this a bit when um we were kind of walking out the space uh with you um but i had no idea just kind of like getting a larger tournament it doesn't scale proportionately with effort it feels like it's it's more of kind of a curve yeah i mean it it doesn't scale with like money gets much tighter because you need to bring a lot more staff on board and staff I think is much more expensive than people think, you know, like judges can cost a bunch of money. You have to bring in more staff, you know, just for the registers and things like that. Um, you know, like we're doing the 5k at 175, which is after all the fees, not even break even, which I don't care about, but a lot of people just do the math at $40 a head and they're like, oh, you're making a fortune. You don't make any money on these <laughs> tournaments. You know, like even even Star Cities events, like a lot of them, they just make money off of buying and selling cards. They mm-hmm. don't make because they're, you know, they have a massive amount of equipment. They have a massive team and they have to rent these huge halls. Um, you know, luckily we have a hall basically. Uh, you know, and you hope to buy and sell and, you know, as long as we come out around even, it's a good time, you know, mm-hmm. like we've had very few problems with our events. They tend to run really smooth, um, but it takes up, you know, setting up the room, making sure it's comfortable. You know, I've had a lot of arguments with people. We have a couple of people we let come in and, and run events and I'm like, you know, no, you can't block that door. 
If something <laughs> horrible goes wrong, like the nightclub fire, everybody has to be able to get out. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like, no, you can't put this there, you know. Uh, so that gets tight. You want to make sure that, like, people can walk by each other. You know, the judges can stand behind people to make rulings, things like that. So that takes up a lot of time, um, just figuring it out and having everybody agree. But it's not so bad. That being said, like, I don't mind running big events in my store. I like running big events in my store. But people over the years are like, well, why don't you try to get this event or that event? Or why don't you run a giant event? And I'm like, I don't really have any desire to do that. It's not going and renting a huge hall and trying to have an 800-person tournament. It doesn't really interest me. It's just a ton of work. Um, mm. And it's very easy to screw up and have... 300 people get mad at you. <laughs> right. Because, like, the risk just gets exponentially huge. And like you said, you're pretty much breaking even no matter how many people show up. So, the you know, by having an even larger event, the only real increase is your risk of this event going terribly wrong and you just eating a huge loss. Because you still have to pay people and staff their, uh, their wages regardless of how many people show yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I... Like with Legacy, I'm much more willing to take the risk than other formats because I really like the Legacy crowd. I, you know, I just, they're reasonable and everybody seems grateful and they have fun. Um, and I don't know if in general that's because it's a slightly older crowd. So um, they're just happy to be playing and be able to get out in a way, you know, because you have yeah. more people with families <laughs> and jobs. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and even the younger legacy players, I think because they've learned from, you know, or been around people who have played for a long time, they're just nicer, you know? Yeah. Um, like Ian, you know, Mr. Ian McEwen. <laughs> I love Ian. I mean, he might be a but I love him. <laughs> he's going like, to hate you so much for, for outing him. him. We're going we're gonna to bleep out. We're gonna, everyone's going to be like, what is he? What is he? <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> um, but Ian will come in on a Saturday and I'll be hiding in the back. And then literally my staff will call me and be like, Ian's here. And I'll come like scampering out to hang out. Because um, they're good guys, you know? But so I'm very excited yeah. for the event and I, you know, cross my fingers, hope it goes well. Um, I always freak out and get nervous. I'm the person like the morning of the event being like, what if 30 people show up? Um, <laughs> Just going to be me and Pat in suits doing cartwheels for entertainment. <laughs> there was That's somebody who ran an event in New Jersey and it was a 5K and eight people showed up. Oh, oh. No yeah, I would have been like, all right, guys, look. It's July. It's beautiful outside. I'm getting killed with my staff in the hall. How about I just pay you all to leave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to Save be, a little to bit be of honest, money. to be honest, I would probably take that from the TO just to be like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think there's a limit you can have as a play, like an expectation as a player. Like, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that you don't get to play in the big event. But at the same time, like how how badly do you want like your cut of like, you know, a few grand if it's going to. If it could be like the make or break for your local's game store, you know what I mean? Yeah, I exactly. I, I can I can see that being a fair trade off for sure. Yeah, well, they they played like we had a table at the event, and my employee calls me and is like, "There's eight people. Do you want me to sign up?" I get in, <laughs> and then you know, I get at least one hundred and fifty dollars or whatever. And I'm like, "What is wrong with this person? They literally should just be like, 
<laughs> okay, you came from down the street. I'll give you this much. Oh, you came from, you know, New Hampshire or Massachusetts or whatever. How about 250 and you leave? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I would do. And if everybody said no, I'd let them play. But I think some people would be like, okay, I get to have my whole day and some money. Sure. <laughs> well, I remember what was it? Uh, at one of the one Ks, uh, they they decide like top eight decided to split instead of pay it out, and you're just like, ah, oh, everyone gets to go home three hours early. I'm adding two hundred dollars to the pot. Yeah, made it <laughs> even, like, and I get to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I think that's what I like about the the legacy community is the players are are really reasonable, and as long as you like treat the players with respect, they will give as much back to the store as they possibly can um if you don't like i've seen lgs's just kind of not treat players well and it does not go well like players hold a grudge Mm. especially when it comes to they feel like they've been slighted by a store yeah absolutely yeah i i mean my like i said my guys are great i i mean the the customers we have are amazing i have customers a lot of customers who they can go buy it cheaper online, clearly, you know, and they buy stuff from me anyways because they want to support the store. And I don't think a lot of yeah. communities do that, but a lot of our people do that. You know, they're they're just like, we like being here. We don't care that it costs a little extra. We get to be here. And I think that that is part of why it's an amazing community. And I've been really lucky with my customers. Right. Especially when it comes down to, oh, between paying, you know, $10 for a card at the store, $8 online. It's like that $2 really going to matter. Whereas you get this kind of just place to hang out and actually use that card in the first place. It's like you can buy all your stuff online, but where are you going to play it? Yeah. (laughs) I not so nicely had a conversation with a modern player about that recently. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do tell. Uh, He was just... (laughs) kind of ridiculous and Aaron was pulling Aaron your moderator other moderator was pulling cards for him and the guy's like that card's lightly played and it would be a dollar fifty less than TCG player and Aaron's like actually I looked it up before I quoted you the price and this is what it is on TCG player and the guy got all huffy and I walked over and I was like you know if you come here you get a place to play all night and you don't get that if you buy it online so if you want to buy it online Yep. I'm more than happy to take all the cards back and let you buy it online. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, arguing. And I was like, I don't really want to hear you. You can either buy the card or walk away. I don't, I'm done. <laughs> Cause I just get very <laughs> bitchy, you know? And most of the time mm-hmm. I don't, but there's like this kind of person, which is all the people who think I'm awful. And I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and that I think you're ridiculous. And then I'm going to smile every time I see you, but be like, that's the guy. <laughs> that, that's also just like a ridiculous statement from that guy too, though. Like, I mean, every, like if you don't know that you're paying a little bit more to buy a card at a, at, you know, at an actual game store versus buying it online, if you don't know you're paying, like, I don't want to even call it a premium. You're just paying like a few percentage points extra, but you're getting, it's an investment in the community. You know what I mean? You're getting so much more out of that few dollars. Like if you're, if there's not a game store to play at, your cards aren't worth shit anyway. So why does it matter? Yeah. And we try to be really fair. I mean, there are cards, you know, people are like, why is this price at this or that? And it's like, if I can't keep it in stock, I'm going to pay more and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to sell it for more. But Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, 90 something percent of our customers, they just pay it. They don't question it. Um, and they're just like happy with a smile on their face that they get to play in what makes me really happy. Everybody says is a clean, bright, nice store. 
Um, where I literally daily walk into the men's room and I'm like, I can smell it. Clean it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Sorry, that was me. I had to scoop that that round. (laughs) You know, just boy. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a unique smell, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> oh man but uh yeah i'm i'm pumped for uh for this event get to see everyone come out uh oh i forgot to mention pat we we have a special announcement oh we got, that's right we, a, we do we actually have two we special got a, announcements i think we it's true well one's one is still up in the air uh but one the so the main one is joining us in the booth third seat the one and only Wilson Hunter is flying yeah. up from Virginia. Wilson of the to... Brainstorm Show. I think, what, like, the greatest legacy podcast that's around, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Wilson is, I mean, first of all, he's a, he's an awesome guy. Um, he's uh, going to be helping us pilot one of his one of his projects he's been working on, uh, Cardboard Live, which is also really sweet. Um, but he's also going to come up and just, like, help us with casting, which I think is great because doing, like, you know, eight or nine rounds of just Jerry and I. I mean, I know you guys like us for an hour at a time, but how do you like us after 12 hours? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I was planning on strangling you by round eight, Pat. I mean. <laughs> I would just – my arms would be limp. I'd be like, just finish me. Finish me. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> well, the other thing I'm excited about, too, just as an aside, is that we're going to get to pick the feature matches, Jerry. So, like, if we want to watch a Bomberman match, we're going to watch a Bomberman match. <laughs> it's like round seven in the uh, one in six bracket. Aaron Gazaniga. Aaron Gazaniga on standstill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think I think that, that it gives us a very unique opportunity because, I mean, we can see Grixis Silver all day, every day, um, which is fine. But I think it'd just be really fun to, to highlight some of the – more unique decks. We'll see. Obviously, we'll see lots of tier one decks, but I'm making it my goal to see some spice on camera. Yep. Actually, we should tell people where they can see it now. Of course. Uh, what do we have the stream name and all that? Yeah. The uh, so you'll be able to see it um, on June 30th, which is a Saturday. We'll be streaming. I believe the event starts at 10 Eastern. Is that right, Michelle? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I think um, hopefully we'll get round one going. So we'll probably be starting right around 10:15, 10:30. Eastern. Um, if there's for any delay, we start round two with the feature matches, which can sometimes happen. Um, we'd probably be starting about about eleven eleven thirty, but uh, you can find the stream. It'll be twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. That's gonna be awesome. And then even better, just come on down to the store and play in the event and get on camera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a very like we said, there's a Historically, the the tournaments have run over 100 people, so there's a very good chance that it's just going to be a three and a half k, and I don't think it's much of a stretch to expect it to become a five k. I fully expect it to hit five k. Yeah, it's going to be super. It's going to be super awesome. We have uh, a few gunslingers. Uh, I know Tom Smiley volunteered to do the, some gunslinging. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who, who else? Adam, was it? Adam? Adam Wallace uh, is doing some gunslinging. So yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think we've told Michelle yet. Uh, Michelle, we got a uh, booster box of. Uh, what master set? Matt was it? M- was it Masters twenty five? Yeah, Masters twenty five. So uh, Adam and Tom are going to gunsling. So if you can beat them in your match against them in the tournament, you get a pack of Masters twenty five. And Bryant Cook is now coming up as well. Um, he's still on the fence. Just he has to get time off work. Um, but if he can, he's going to be staying with me, and uh, he's going to do some gunslinging for the event. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. That's great. It's really nice that people are 
you know, pitching in to help out. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, take them down, get some uh, some bonus packs. For sure. And bragging rights, he beat Brian Cook or Tom Smiley. That's why you can't have Aaron do gunslinging because he would cost us like a case. <laughs> I love Aaron. No, <laughs> He'd play one of those crazy guy. decks and be like, yes. "What?" <laughs> Aaron Aaron's the guy who's like going for style points. You know, that's, that's all he's. Interested oh in. my god, I have to tell you guys. So I played against Aaron at F and M. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're playing we're playing an F&M <laughs> um, and he's playing like this standstill list with like Snapcaster Mage beats as his only win condition. <laughs> I'm playing sneak and show and he just goes like turn to standstill. I'm like, OK, <laughs> and we just go land, go land, go for like 10 turns. <laughs> um, so I, my hand is like show and tell omniscience Emmercool Grizzlebrand. <laughs> So I just go, I have like nine mana or whatever, and I go show and tell. Uh, and he goes like spell pierce. So I'm like, all right, pay for spell pierce. And he goes like spell pierce again. I'm like, okay, pay, pay for spell pierce. And he goes like snapcaster mage spell pierce. And I have an island and a polluted delta left. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, crack polluted delta. And I pick up my library and I go through my library, and the only lands left in my library is a mountain. <laughs> So I put my deck down and I go fail to find <laughs> and put put the show and tell in the graveyard. He's like, yeah. So I pass the turn to him and he has like no hand at this point. <laughs> so he, then he just goes uh, uh, attack, attack for with uh, Snapcaster Mage. I'm like, all right, pass the turn back to me. And I just go hard cast omniscience. Oh <laughs> He's like, yep, that resolves. <laughs> So I got to uh, just dump dump Emmercool and Grizzlebrand into play off of a hard cast omniscience the way Richard Garfield intended magic to be played. <laughs> That's amazing. When Noah, when my son was little, and we still have it upstairs somewhere, Richard Garfield drew a card for Noah. Really? Yeah, he called it Spectromancer. But he just like drew on a card, like a blank card, and then gave it to Noah because Noah used to hang out with his daughter, which I always thought That's was amazing. really cool. Yeah. That's super oh. cool. <laughs> yeah, this is these are the stories, Michelle. That oh, you just casually hung out with Richard Garfield. <laughs> that was the same tournament where one of the Watsi employees took Noah into like where they used to keep all the product, and they were playing guillotine in this like product room, and no one could find Noah. So we're in Memphis, which is the convention center is not in a good area, and Noah's like four, and no one can find him. So there's like pro tour players and Watsy staff and people are running down the streets and they're screaming his name and no one can find him. And then one of the OP Watsy staff is like, oh, he he was in the, you know, in the room with me. It's like when you take a four year old, you need to tell people because they're all freaking out wondering where my kid is. (laughs) The entire pro tour goes on lockdown to find a toddler. Can you can you explain to me what guillotine is? Is this something like I've never heard of this before? It's a Watsi game. Um, so Watsi has a few little card games, and it's mm-hmm. like a little card game that Watsi oh, okay. came out with years ago. Yeah, oh, oh it's cool. okay. Wait, so Watsi makes so they make I knew they make like Dungeons and Dragons and Magic, but they have like other other games as well. Yep. So they have guillotine, which is like a standalone card game. You know, like a little box set for fifteen dollars. They have. Some dragon game I don't remember the name of. They came back out. Uh, they have a game years ago called Instinct, which was actually a lot of fun, and all the cards have like mana symbols on them. And they print another game. 
Oh, the Great Del Moody, which is asshole. Oh, really? Yep, but they call it the Great Del Moody, and they it's like, you know, like the prince and the pauper, and they named them all, like, after characters, and you just sit around and play asshole. <laughs> Man, I haven't played asshole since my college days. Gotta, gotta break that back out. <laughs> no kidding. You gotta play guillotine, and then play instinct, and then play... What's the asshole? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently. <laughs> all right, so awesome. quick. All right, I want, here's a rapid fire question: Is running a game store really like every nerd's dream, or is it is it harder than it seems? When I was in college, I was told that I didn't earn geek status, and what? now I'm like, I own a game store, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that, that like now. fake, that like fake nerd or fake geek shit is like is such. Uh, it's so so obnoxious, honestly. There's no one who's a like you can't be a fake anything really. Like if you have even a passing interest, you're interested in it. But yeah, that's that seems like some archaic bullshit. <laughs> Owning a game store is a lot of work for a very small return. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard. I have met amazing people, and I've met you know I've made a lot of really good friends over the years in the gaming industry, uh, which I said has kept me going. Um, but it's hard, you know. Mm. So like. Yes, it's it's every magic geek nerd's dream until they start doing it, and they're like, "Oh God, you know this is terrible." <laughs> um, so I've gone through phases. I've gone through phases like, "Why am I doing this?" And I've gone through phases where I really like it. And I've it's it's weird. Like at one point, I was so stressed out by the store and having this giant space and figuring out how to get people to show up after we opened in Massachusetts. That I like got to the point where I didn't even want to go out front to the retail store. I was like, I just, I don't want to go out. And I don't, I don't know why it happened. And I was probably burned out for a while. And then I finally just started going out front again. And everybody was like, hey, you know, and talking to me. And so I kind of got back into it again. But I think people go through phases. But mm. a lot of people will say to me, oh, you know, what do you think? Should I open a game store? I'm like, no. <laughs> there's you know and they won't even be from this part of the country and i'm just like there's so many game stores it's you know it's like a not that hard of a the the barrier to entry is small but then mm-hmm. staying you know with your head above water it's not so easy so oh you mean as business uh scholars refer to it as the worst model <laughs> just like really easy to get into really hard to stay in it so i was talking to my friend i have a one of my best friends uh owns a company called strike zone and i was talking to him and i was like you know if one of us went on like shark tank they would hear our numbers and be like "Ooh, i'm interested and then you would like go further and they'd be like run now and then they'd be you know you try to justify it and they'd be like get out <laughs> the margins are pretty small you have to work yeah. hard mm-hmm. you know so you have to love what you do yeah for sure for sure and i think i again i know i've said this to you in person and i've i've spoken a lot about the store on the cast but i think it's worth reiterating that i truly do appreciate the amount of effort you put into cultivating both like a healthy uh, community at the store and and community outside the store as well. So seriously, I I, I can't appreciate you enough for that and making mm-hmm. sure that there is a place for legacy players to play in uh, in Massachusetts. It means a lot to us. Oh, thank you. I also want to say I have awesome employees right now. They're super <laughs> nice. They're really helpful. They work really hard, and I think that that helps even more than I do because I can run away and hide 
or get stuff done and you know they're the ones who run the tournament and they're the ones who make stuff work you know so mm -hmm. uh, I would say this is this is the best staff I've ever had uh, and they can help make it what it is you know they're all a little different so some are you know really good at you know running the register but also like doing the prices and making sure that things run smooth but you know being on the microphone but are more quiet and reserved and then we have employees that are like hey i want to talk about my deck you know so i think like the whole um group of them together is like like my employees make like one perfect person <laughs> <laughs> and then i ruin gotta it just you gotta teach them the fusion dance just merge them together <laughs> like voltron yeah, exactly. <laughs> Super clerk. Is that a Dragon Ball joke, Jerry? That was a Dragon Ball joke. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's like it's like when your defensive is line it, is it like does the, the fusion like the dance and merges I together. I don't into know what a that is. I know what the Power line. Rangers are. Is that like a Megazord? <laughs> yes, it's like a uh, Megazord. Perfect. <laughs> Pat, I I'm pretty sure to interlock hands and become a large person when we arrive. See? Pat, you are in you're an eighties child. Like you you grew up in this time frame and yet you do not know these very important things. Like the Kool-Aid man. Like what well, come well, on. How man. broken is that? I mean, my God, it's the Kool-Aid man. Like <laughs> uh, to be honest, to be quite honest, I was really just trolling Jerry, telling him now, I didn't know who the Kool-Aid man was. You are you're trying to save face. You're trying to save face. <laughs> I don't believe you. you know, I was just like, oh yeah, and you're like, yeah, Randy Savage. I was just gonna say it's like the you know, what was it, like snap something? Like the commercial uh, for yeah, uh, snap into a slim jam. Yes, <laughs> well, that's like all my employees. I'll say to them, like I'll make a reference, and they're like, "I, I have no idea what you're talking about." And I'm like, "You don't know what Clerks is." Uh, what, what? And I'm like, "You, you don't know who Jay and Silent Bob are." No. Or Roller so Girl. That one gets no one, me. No one's been behind the counter and was like, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." <laughs> I said that earlier, and everybody was like, so Aaron got it, and one of my other employees got it, and everybody else was like, what? Why? Oh, man. Oh. Oh, geez. I believe that most legacy game. players will get it, hopefully. Yes, I would think so. I would think. The, legacy, the legacy crowd is pretty astute with uh, 80s and 90s trivia. You know what? I have the TVs in the store. I should just at night start playing movies that I you think should. everybody should see. I would come to a gaming center movie night. We get popcorn, <laughs> some snacks. Absolutely. I would do that. Oh, that would we could have awesome. a lock in and like lock everyone in there for the night. That'd be fun too. We used to do that in that, Connecticut. Just got twisted. We did that a lot. Now I people I, I think would be like, no, dude, I'm tired. I want to go home. <laughs> I bartend. I could just roll in a bar. We could like make it a party. Oh man. <laughs> Game etc. dance party. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that 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 would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, it's it's been a night. Should we get into some scoops and poops? Yeah, let's get into some scoops and poops. Jerry, who is who is scooping into top eight this week? Uh, I got a couple scoops. Yeah. So first of all, a, just all serious, the... first of all, you have a serious list of scoops here. I do have a serious list of scoops because uh, so many awesome people keep sending stuff in for the raffles. So thanks, guys. Uh, keep it up. Um, it's going great. You know, we got the, the leather play mats up for uh, raffle right now that Eric Dupuis and uh, Old Gods donated. 
Um, uh, after that, once that ends on Monday, uh, uh, our friend Nat Chicket sent in a Dominaria box. So we're going to raffle that off. So thanks for that. And then uh, I think to wrap it up, I think we're going to I, I want to actually pull it during the event, Pat. So live on stream, I want to pull uh, for Michael Ames sending in the Savannah. Uh, okay. So I, I feel that would be that would be sweet if we can uh, have that culminate with the uh, the tournament. Cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, what about well, you, Michelle? Do you have any poops, Jerry? I figure we would do scoops first and then poops. Oh, okay. Because okay, cool. I'm going on a rant. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair, fair. So you want me to say a scoop? Yeah. So yeah. so we do we do scoops in a top eight, which is basically yeah. just another word for like I want to give this person some sh- a shout out or some recognition or or whatever. So I don't know how many people know this anymore because he's older and doesn't play Legacy as much anymore. But do people know? Do you guys know that Tom Martell won two? The at the time there was one Legacy GP a year, and Martell mm-hmm. won two years back to back. So I will give him a legacy shout out. Um, and he still buys all the old cards, but he doesn't seem to play much anymore. Um, so we'll give him a shout out. He also decided to, he was a lawyer and he left and now he's like the head of esports OP basically for Riot, which is pretty cool. Wow. So, really? Cool. I didn't know that. Yep. So he's doing really well, but I wish he would come back to legacy because winning two years in a row back to back is pretty cool for GPs. That's, that's pretty ball. Yeah. That is he is playing awesome. Magic at all anymore? Uh, he was at the GP in Richmond. Um, he is not on the train anymore, unfortunately. You know, they get he gets busy and you get older and I don't know. He had a sucky year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he played. He played in Richmond, and I think he's playing in the next one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think he'll never quit forever, but you won't see him around as much. Yeah, I don't think anyone who plays Magic really quits. I agree. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to scoop in. I'm going to scoop in our newest patron, Rich. Rich, thanks so much for joining the uh, the Patreon family. And also, I want to scoop in Wilson Hunter for making the tre- trek up and casting with us. I can't wait to uh, get a chance to meet him in person. Um, I've talked to him quite a few times, and I've listened to him for many, many hours on the Brainstorm Show. So I'm excited to get a chance to uh, to meet in person and maybe go off for some. Oh yeah, some food you afterwards. haven't met Wilson in person yet, have no, you? No, I have not. I have not. Oh, it's, it's going to be a fun time. Wilson, Wilson's staying with me uh, while he's up here, and oh, Brian Cook Wilson. might as well. Does he have if, to see uh, your gross cast iron pan. Uh, I threw to take care of a goddamn cast iron pan. <laughs> cast iron pans threw... are incredibly hard to take care of. Are you kidding me? Oh, you have to thank like, you. clean no, it oh and then see that crap. Thank I you. will tell you. Here's how easy they are to say. All right. All right. Here we go. We're gonna have a little master class this your to take poop? care of a cast iron plant. Yeah, this is my poop. People who this let their cast iron pans go to hell. Trust me, they are fantastic. <laughs> they are great cookware. I'm gonna tell you how to season them real quick. When you get your brand new cast iron pan, get on the stove, get it super hot to where it's almost smoking. Get like maybe uh maybe a tablespoon of uh like a nice high heat oil. So like either like a canola oil or a peanut oil, coconut oil is great too. Rub that on the pan. Rub it on the t- on the inside of the pan, on the outside of the pan, up the handle, get the whole thing. While it's then, smoking hot? Yes. And then, yeah, you just take it with a paper towel. I mean, like, get some balls, Jerry. Fold a paper towel a few times. <laughs> wipe down your pan. It's not a big deal. Then what you want to do is take that pan, throw it in the oven, bake it at, like, 400 degrees for, like, an hour. And then it, that will, be that will like, lock in that oil. Then every time you use it, I use my cast iron pan multiple times a week. 
So I use it on the stove. I let it cool off. I put it in my sink. I get like a, a scrubby. I just scrub it out under hot water. You don't even really need soap, but you can use soap if you want to. When it's done, throw it back on the stove. Turn the heat on to medium. Let that dry the pan. You don't have to dry the pan. Just let the heat take care of it. When that's done, take a drop of oil. Same thing. Just rub it on the inside and outside. Bam's done. Put it away. <laughs> Cast iron will last forever. That is so it's much fantastic. work. <laughs> it's not much. <laughs> Join it's... us next week as Pat breaks down his lamb chop <laughs> recipe. Oh, no, I will. I, I have, a, I have a, a couple of great recipes I will be happy to share on, on Cast for sure. <laughs> I, Jerry's I think we just took a hard spots and <laughs> Jerry's was like it was like rusted. It looks like someone used it to like catch oil under their car. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was an absolute travesty. My heart no, broke it's, a little bit. You know why? It's because I just it's such a bitch to clean. It is, and I just it is would never want to do that. Initially, so I would just I would be like, oh look at that, look at that dishwasher. That dishwasher is so close and Jerry, so easy. I'll just when... I'll just pop this pan. Oh no, you put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> what are you doing, Jerry? That's what I did. No, Jerry. No. <laughs> I knew it was wrong. Jerry, I knew what would happen, but I would do it anyway. When you get married, because when you I get just... married, my gift to you is going to be an already seasoned <laughs> cast iron pan and instructions on how to take care of it. When you, you this when this you no my my this that pack that cast iron pan was a gift from my mom. She seasoned it oh, and did all. Your, and it you was hate gr- your mom that much. You just it was great. It like was that? great for the first like month. It was great for the first month when you didn't and then use I got it lazy. and it sat in, your, in the rack and then you used it once. No, I used it all the time. I used it all the time yeah yeah it's like yeah as a block to stop your car from rolling backwards maybe <laughs> jerry i'll divorce john so we can get married and get this pre-seasoned amazing <laughs> it's like some people get married for a green card other people get married for a cast iron pan <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's the long con <laughs> Oh, oh brother. <laughs> All right. Michelle, do you have any do you have any poops? Do you have any uh any anti shout outs? <laughs> Many. Uh I am just going to say uh please don't flame me. No. <laughs> we have, we have I, nobody believes this, but I'm actually incredibly sensitive and I get hurt and I go home at night and I get upset. So if you didn't like me, please just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Magic players are like the first ones to say, I didn't like what you did. It's kind of ridiculous. Like It is pretty ridiculous. Come on, guys. It's magic. Yeah. You know? Yep. I agree. I but, agree. Nope. I'm trying to stay positive these days. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to poop on stores with gross bathrooms. You, I go wait, to why do you there. get two poops? I haven't used a poop yet. <laughs> I didn't do a poop yet. Oh, I you got two poops. Iron. Well, you said you had a rant, so I'm just going to get mine out of the way. All right, you, you get your poops Stores out of the way. with gross bathrooms or toilets that aren't aren't bolted properly to the floor. Get your shit together. Get your shit together so I can take a shit in your store, please. Thank you. So talking about bathrooms, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Sure. There, there's like a game store retailer Facebook group, and they've been talking lately about keeping a basket in the men's room that has – Things like individual deodorant and do you know what dude wipes are? I, I'm aware of what uh, dude like wipes baby are. Wipe. They're like baby wipes. Though, yeah. Dude wipes, dude wipes. Uh, uh, I know what they are. I okay. would, I'll it's go, literally just Huggies with a new package. That, that, for, for like four times as much money. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But they're. Uh, so basically to me. I would, it's I would say that, like a body reaches critical mass and that's when you need a wet wipe for your ass. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So when your body weight reaches a critical mass, that's when you need those. And, like, I think that there is probably a large section. Like, I would say 
the people who need dude wipes and the general magic population, there is definitely a intersection in that Venn diagram. <laughs> I will say I have friends <laughs> from the old days, um, and they swore by gold bond. So maybe that's just what people should use. I guess. I guess. I mean, that, those seem like two very different things. One's trying to get you wet. The other's trying to keep you dry. I mean, I guess they're both trying to solve the same problem, but I don't know. So what do I, you guys I, think he, of having – like do you think it actually so, matters or do you think people would be bothered by it if you have this basket that's like here's a toothbrush well, and toothpaste you, and deodorant? If you go into like it any has, nice bathroom, like sometimes they'll have like little mouth – like complimentary mouthwash or, you know, yeah. or, or – yeah, do you, I guess deodorants occasionally. I've seen them in like some nice restrooms but yeah i mean if it's i would think it'd be a nice thing to do for your players and yeah maybe some of them would take the hint but i feel like the people who actually really need that push probably would just walk right by it and not wash their hands and exit the bathroom anyway so yeah that's my that's my experience i've been to stores that have those out and there's two types of players those who like don't need it and they're like oh well that's that's good i'm glad the store has it and then players who do need it and are like i see nothing wrong here and just do like the the west world (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't look like anything to me Um, I will say though, I would appreciate it if uh, stores had like mints or stuff like that, or even just like individual mouthwash, like Pat said, yep. because you know you eat lunch and it's a long day, and sometimes you're like, oh man, my mouth feels like like I just taste yeah. leftover food or coffee in my mouth. Some people don't I bring just want... water or gum like a normal person. They need someone to supply them mouthwash. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I'm I'm a beggar. I just I go around <laughs> and I'm like, please sir, I want some please, more, sir, and like some and more people scope, drop. Please. <laughs> People drop treats treats in my hand. What? <laughs> I I never carry gum with me. I don't think I've ever like purchased a pack of gum in my oh, life. Man. Oh, okay. I've had many pieces though. I just I... <laughs> he does like to leave chocolate in his pockets though. So oh, been, yeah. Jerry's just been bumming gum off people his entire life. I've had lots of gum in my life. I've never had to buy it. <laughs> no, no, that's out. So, so Michelle, so, <laughs> so Michelle serves like candy and chips and stuff. And I was excited guys to come in one day, like around Christmas time and you have like little, the Lindit chocolates. Like I love those little truffle balls. You know, those <laughs> things, those, those things are great. I love those. Those are one of my like favorite candies. I'm like, Oh, sign up for legacy and I'll take a couple truffle balls. And I put them <laughs> in my like vest pocket. And then I like round one gets called. <laughs> so I play like round one, round two, round three. And I'm like, Oh, where did I put my pen? And I put my hand, <laughs> into my vest pocket and it's just like i take it out and it just looks like i just like my hand is just covered in chocolate like just brown <laughs> goop <laughs> and i'm in the middle of a match your opponent saw you reach in your pocket and then withdraw your hand covered in a brown sticky substance so like par for the course in magic tournaments right like <laughs> Oh, and I'm just like, oh, and I like, I have my hand in did one hand, it? and then did like, you lick it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it chocolate or poop? I don't know. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it played Jerry, out. <laughs> like, not even lying. Do you like raise your shitty hand, judge? <laughs> just use like, chocolate covered hand in the air. Like a two-year-old who needs a napkin. <laughs> I need an adult. 
So he comes over and shows me, and I'm like, oh, Jerry, here, have another one. Which I'm sure just went in his pocket again. (laughs) Went in the other pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jerry, I think you have to poop on yourself tonight. I think that's the only way this, this, this works out right. Uh, this is turning into a scat cast. When did this happen? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, all right. What what else do we get? Well, you had your final. You had your final poop, Jerry. Oh yeah, geez, yeah. <laughs> my my final poop of the evening. <laughs> uh, oh, freaking! This annoys me so much. People who log off of Magic Online when you have damage on the stack. Oh. I, I freaking hate those people. It's like, I'm in a Dominaria draft, and I'm I'm going to win this, and I get a free draft by winning this draft. And I'm like, all right, just got to win this, and I get to dro- jump in another draft queue. Swing with lethal. Your opponent has disconnected. Yeah, scumbag. <laughs> is it still 15 yeah, so, minutes? Like, how long is it now? It's 10 minutes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So you have to wait. You have to wait ten minutes for them to come back before they get the match loss. And if your if your opponent's like extra scummy, they hope you're like, oh well, they're gone. I might as well like go do something else for ten minutes while I wait. And then they like log in at like nine minutes and forty five seconds oh, and hit continue God. and then try and time you out. Like those people are the worst scumbags of scumbags. They are my poop of the day. <laughs> I, like I yep. appreciate that. <laughs> uh, all right, awesome. Uh, well, Michelle, thanks so much for coming on this week. Really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. I was very nervous for a long time. But it was... No, you did, a, you did a great job. And then and then you got to the bottom of the whiskey bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to find us, you can find Jerry at JME3RD on Twitter. I'm at Pat Uglow. The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Hipsters of the Coast. Uh, you can send us dick pics and deck pics. Leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And I think that's it, Jerry. What about what about Michelle? Michelle, do you? If people want to get a hold of you, is there uh, there's some place you got the website? The website is actually under construction, unfortunately, but uh, oh. our events and things are listed. Um, so all that important stuff, and then uh, Gaming Etc. Superstore is our Facebook. Uh, and if you really feel the need to tell me how terrible I was, it's my email is michelleatgaming.com. <laughs> or if you want to find some super sweet stuff, yes. I'm sure Michelle can find it for you. Yeah, lots of old school and vintage stuff. And basically pretty much everything legacy all the time. You know, there's always a few cards yeah. missing. But... You got you got a great selection. That's why I, that's why I always liked coming because you would play in the events. I'm like, oh, I can turn my credit into dual lands instead of standard packs. Yep. <laughs> We try. So, hell yeah. Well, thanks for all having right. me on, guys. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for yeah. coming on. And uh, we, got, we will catch you all next week and a turn. We got to do the joke joke game, Pat. Joke game. <laughs> no, we're not doing joke game. I My new yeah, sign-off is and a turn bolt, and then that's the end of the episode. No, you can joke. You can bolt and a joke. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fine if you don't want to do jokes this week it's fine i gotta find the jokes hold on (sighs) number five that's not a large number i have to count to one two three four okay all right this is our friend connor haley now connor did connor did a really good uh christmas time uh what was it the photoshop for us so this this should be decent (laughs) 
So there's this doctor who usually gets really <clears throat> depressed doing what doctors do. So when his job is too much, he goes to the bar to see his friend Dick, the bartender. The doctor always orders an almond daiquiri as it's his favorite drink. One night, as Dick is expecting his friend to show up, he realizes that he has no almonds. In desperation, he grabs a hickory nut, and figuring the doctor won't know the difference, he cuts it up and makes a daiquiri out of it. So the doctor walks in, and Dick puts the drink in front of his friend. The doctor takes a sip, puzzles for a bit, and says, Hey, is this an almond daiquiri, Dick? To which his friend replies, No, it's a hickory dickery. It's a hickory daiquiri, Doc. You ruined it. You ruined the great joke. Oh, great is a stretch. Connor, we love you, but it's not a very good joke. It's a little wordy. It's kind of like the worst Bill Maher joke, so we're just going to move on from that one. Uh, Fine. And a turn, bolt you? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Take life is not the check.